It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go, live from M Resort Spa and Casino and the Nighttime Hockey Bar. This is HSK Today, along with Darren Elliott, Brian McCormick here, you there, Lindsey Brown on the other side of the glass as we talk Silver Knights hockey and uh, a lot of good to talk about over the last couple of weeks. Silver Knights having their best stretch of hockey this season. A lot of that uh, courtesy of the work between the pipes from Laurent Brassois we will discuss, as well as some of the younger players coming in and making an impact as well, called up from the ECHL Savannah Ghost Pirates. We'll have Gage Quinney in the second segment and general manager Tim Speltz in the final segment to uh, give us a bit of a, a mid-season review as the Silver Knights again starting to put some points on the board and starting to climb up the Pacific Division standings. First of all, Darren, how are you? Thank you for joining. First time co-host of, the, uh, of HSK Today. This has to be quite a thrill. It is. I just keep adding and padding my resume. <laughs> Jack of all <laughs> trades. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Darren, you've had a chance to watch this team yep. a lot over the course of the last couple of weeks. But I don't know if you've had much opportunity to watch them here at Nighttime Hockey Bar. Uh, this, is a, this is a great place oh. to do this show from. But, boy, I would watch anything here. It, it's beautiful, and it's uh, within, uh, I don't know, seven minutes from my house. So I've stopped in, uh, I was here for the opening, stopped in one other time, but it, it's, uh, it's a must must visit place for sure. Yeah, so you'll be a regular uh, in no time. And I'll tell you, if you're within the, uh, the sultry sounds of our voices, either at uh, M Resort right now, as we uh, are blasting this throughout the gaming floor, or if you're in your car and within two traffic lights, come see us because. <laughs> We're hanging out here for the hour, and we're also a couple of fun HSK uh, autographed trinkets that would look good in your trophy room. So come visit us at Nighttime Hockey Bar. All right, down to business. As we talked about, the Silver Knights putting up great numbers of late 5-1-1 one, one over their last seven, and they'll have their final home game prior to the Christmas break tomorrow night at the Dollar Loan Center when they welcome the Coachella Valley Firebirds. But... So much of what uh, has been positive for the Silver Knights over the course of the last couple of games has been goaltending. And it hasn't just been Laurent Brassois, but in the last couple of outings, it's been Laurent Brassois. He's been perfect for his last two starts. And, and looking the part. Like it, it, the game we did Saturday afternoon, they could have played another hour, and I don't know they would have got a puck by him. He was that locked in, that comfortable. Uh, he, he's truly reestablished his game. And it was a process. It, it wasn't pretty early, but he hadn't played since March. Had to go do the rehab, missed training camp. Um, but once he found his footing, uh, being the veteran that he is, he was able to build those components. And, and you know, if you don't watch goaltending as closely as, as, as you or I do, it's like, what does that mean? It means he looks really comfortable. His feet are, quote-unquote, quiet, meaning he's to the spot before he has to make the save. Right. He's not sliding to the to the spot so he was excellent no wonder he was uh you know player of the week and i'll tell you what you mentioned the feet being quiet that also makes it possible for them to be quicker i would think because almost like a a baseball player if you got too much movement in your swing the fastball is going to get by you but if you're quiet you'll go directly to the ball we see laurent brassois pucks around his feet he's flashing the pads out quickly yeah and then the other part of it are you tracking it are, are you able to pick up the spin if it's not a fastball um those <laughs> <laughs> you know um, I could never do it that well, but uh, uh, in baseball. But no, he's he's tracking it well. He's he's set. Um, if there is a, a disruption, deflection, a, a, a flash screen, he's able to react much quicker. That that's that's absolutely true. 
And Laurent Brassois spoke a little bit to the, uh, the the continued progression of his game as he gets back uh, to, to regular form and what he was last spring when he went down to injury and had the offseason procedure, got his hip healthy again. But after his first shutout of this uh, good stretch of his, that was Wednesday night. After that game, Laurent Brassois talked a little bit about that progression and getting back to full strength. And here's what Laurent Brassois had to say. Um, after those, the first two ugly ones, um, each game I felt better and better and better. Um, and especially this, this past week or two, uh, I definitely have been playing with no pain and, and that's been, uh, it's been very nice. I think that the better my body's felt, uh, the, it's made it easier to feel balanced and comfortable out there. And then it's easier to make reads and, and just focus on, uh, those kind of things and tracking the puck and all that. And it's, it, things are starting to come together. And that was Laurent Brassois after Wednesday's shutout effort. He followed it up with another on Saturday. He's not given up a goal in the last 142 minutes and 26 seconds of game action. He is the AHL's player of the week. And, you know, something that jumps out when I listen to LB's comments there, and again, this was on Wednesday, but he says, now that I'm playing without pain, and for a long time he's been throughout his career just managing it, trying to compensate for certain discomforts, now it's fixed and not only the fact that it's fixed in the long term, I feel, he said today, he feels better than he's felt in years. But also, part of the rehab, part of coming back, is not just getting sharp again and knocking out cobwebs. You're getting stronger again. You don't necessarily feel 100% that first game back, no matter what your medical situation is. No, and you're not going to know where you are, so you don't push it. So now, once you gain confidence that your body can respond and react beyond what it had been able to in the last couple of years, you gain confidence, not just strength. It's, it's physical strength, strength of mind as well. As we talk about confidence, too, Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you on HSK Today. The team as a whole, the results of late, 5-1-1 one one their last seven. Goaltending is a big part of it. This is a team that struggled to score goals. That hasn't exactly changed. We haven't seen a deluge uh, arrive. But, boy, do they look more comfortable playing in those one-goal games now that they feel like they're the team that's going to find the answer first. And it's a really like a couple little things, right? Goaltending being a big part of it, but you you're not even if it's a close game, down one, up one, even. You don't feel like you're chasing it. You don't feel you feel like you're in control as a as a collective group. And how do you how do you look at a game and how, what's it manifest itself? And you go well because their breakouts are crisp. They're they're not scrambling. They're not out of sync. It's not one guy leading the charge. They seem to be connected um, in all three zones. That looks like a team that's like, yeah, we're gaining an identity um, and and gaining confidence in in ourselves. And with the struggles that they had, and that's no secret, they had a really rough stretch through late November. Is it arguable, I suppose, that, I mean, once you hit rock bottom, you've got nowhere to go but up. (laughs) But things have turned around so dramatically that I almost feel like that gives you confidence too. Like, all right, well, we haven't had to change our game to fix what was hurting us. We've just stuck to the system. We're getting the results we thought we were going to get all the way along. And, of course, good goaltending is going to help spur that in the right direction too. Very much so. And I think you hit on something why there's confidence here because they were playing roughly the way they wanted to play, maybe not for 60 minutes, but for long stretches and not getting the results. So now you start getting the results. Like, okay, the, the coach is talking about, oh, it's the process. It's the, they know how they have to play. They know who they are, and it will work. You didn't get the results. Now you're getting the results.
And, of course, some uh, widespread offensive contributions part of that as well. Sheldon Rempel, Gage Quinney, those are players that have been pretty consistently chipping away the entire time. But, boy, has the youth been a part of this as well. And uh, it's been a different character every day, whether it be young guys like Lucas, Lucas Cormier, Brennan Brisson, now healthy again, been here since the start. Or some of the more recent additions, and among those, Patrick Gay, who got his first AHL goal over the weekend. It sounded like this. Over the Canuck line, right wing, driving wide on Breezewaugh, able to just skip around a check from Juleson. Puck out to the right point, held in by Dilibatori. Long shot blocked in front, rebound, score! Patrick Gay has his first in the American Hockey League, and the Silver Knights are within one. It's 3-2. to two. And that was Patrick Gay on Friday night. Manny Viveros has talked about, uh, I mean, uh, my wording, but there's an appreciation for the ability of Patrick Gay, Daniel D'Amato, to, to jump in and their skating ability being at an AHL level. Darren, I, I think to myself, when you look at what the Golden Knights have been going through of late with injury, Daniil Miramanov has been up for weeks now, and there may be no end in sight. He That's might be right. a full-time NHLer now. Jonas Romberg has been up. There have been a lot of players in Braden Bohol and in Kane Korzak for stretches as well. This is a time, roster-wise, where you could have understood that a struggling Silver Knights team, things could have really spiraled. Instead, it's during that stretch that they've found, they've found their game. Well, and especially since what happens is the guys that come up, you know, like Gay scores his first goal, you can't expect that for a, to go on forever. Right. It's like in the moment, you get that good boost and the adrenaline's there. But the other guys have more opportunity. Right, they have some extra minutes, and they were playing well. Like I look at Braden Pahal, yeah. eight points now. He, he, he's adding offense to his game. But when you mention Cormier, another guy, now Miramanov goes up. Cormier is like, okay, I can run a power play. I, this is this is my strong suit, and I still have things to work on. But his strength is now ac accented, and, and so that, like a guy like Pahal goes up, plays well, yeah. comes down. Looks very authoritative out there. And not that he didn't before, but it's like, okay, he's rounding into ship, adding pieces and layers to their game. So I think there's all of that, and that's allowed because if you don't get that contribution and that burst from a guy like Gay, maybe you just don't get the results. Yeah. You know, that 5-1-1 one one stretch becomes less than that, and you're like still kind of hunting and pecking a little bit. Or like in Colorado, Manny Viveros, he used Patrick Gay and Daniel D'Amato in overtime. So against first place Colorado... He wasn't afraid to use them in that kind of three-on-three -three setting when, yeah, it's a little bit of a crapshoot in some ways, but in other ways you need players to have some sense of responsibility in a three-on-three -three setting. You can't just throw them out there and, and pray. <laughs> no, but again, I think the coaching staff led by Manny um, and Tim, uh, GM, there's that fine line between development and winning. You have to know your personnel. So he knows your skaters. So that's number one priority, even though you don't know them intimately because they've been on your roster all year, you know them well enough to know what their strengths are, It's like, and you use them. No sense calling guys up and you know, playing four or five minutes. That, that doesn't necessarily lead to winning, and it certainly doesn't help development. Another thing you mentioned, and uh, Darren Elliott, Brian McCormick here with you on HSK Today. We're at nighttime hockey bar until the top of the hour. You mentioned the call-up of Braden Pahal played very well for the VGK. You're not always going to get a chance to call up or try to mold a player into being exactly what you need to be replaced. Daniil Miramanov goes up. You need an offensive defenseman for Lucas Cormier. That makes sense, and that's what he right. aspires to be. But for Braden Pahal, he's going up to replace, in terms of the slot, the lineup, 
Alex Petrangelo at that time, Shea Theodore, Zach Whitecloud. That's not fair to expect that he's going to be a one-size-fits-all for either of those three, but what he does bring is a lot of sandpaper that is something additional that isn't always there. Right, and what he did bring um, in, in watching and doing those games uh, on AT&T Sportsnet was calm. He made the little passes, the little plays on the breakouts, the things that go unnoticed mostly in the course of a game unless you're, like I was, watching how he would react or if you're a coach, looking for those kinds of relief plays. Yeah. Did you get un under pressure and just throw the puck away, make it somebody else's responsibility? He didn't do that at all. He was really calm and composed with the puck. The one time I made, he made a, a mistake, how did he clean it up? He cleaned up the guy. He knocked him over. Right. And, and so there's the sandpaper. That's an, another element. And then, like I said, then he comes back to the AHL, and the two games last week is like, Oh, look at him handling the puck and looking like Mr. Offense. Confidence, huge part um, at every level of, of sport. It's funny you say that because for Braden Pahal, the numbers are offensive numbers on par, if not maybe slightly ahead of what he's been in his past seasons. But it always seems that every time he comes down, and in this instance it was after training camp, two goals in the first three games feel a little bit savvy. <laughs> so you know, call him up every 20 minutes and, and that can only help. Uh, as we look ahead for the Silver Knights, they have two games left before the Christmas break. It's going to be a back-to-back home-and-home on uh, well tomorrow night at the Dollar Loan Center and then Friday at Acrisure Arena, which I believe I'm pronouncing uh, correctly, <laughs> Coachella Valley. <laughs> uh, and the Coachella Valley Firebirds, who we saw a couple of weeks ago, man, what a fascinating start to the season they've had just in terms of logistics. Uh, aside from the, the strong performance on the ice, and they've been good, um, but they didn't play their first true home game at this arena until Sunday. They played again last night. You almost wonder, for the Silver Knights, do you almost worry about or think about walking into a buzzsaw, you have a team that's probably more comfortable than they've ever been, or is it a team that probably still feels like they're playing road games because it's still a new building to them too? I would think that's the case, but you have to remember that team, uh, much like Vegas Golden Knights, didn't have a, a true affiliate when they were in Chicago. They had a few players. Same thing going on with uh, Coachella Valley, yeah. um, with Seattle. So they have a very veteran American Hockey League team. I think those guys could play anywhere. Yeah, and, and of course, Dan Bylsma was the assistant coach in Charlotte, which is essentially just to, to have a presence for Seattle to watch their players. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure he'll have his guys set, too. I wonder for both sides, though, you, when you played, yeah. everyone at this time of year, it's a tough season. It's been a hard schedule. You're ready for a break. Is it a little hard not to get a little bit of, uh, I guess I'd call it senioritis, to, to look ahead to the weekend and get through these last two? It, it, it is. There, there's a lot of that. When I played, you could almost pencil it in. Backup goalie gets the starts. <laughs> you know, there were certain things that you just go, yeah, this is when I'm going to play as a backup goalie. You're going to play for the next few weeks quite a bit, right through the middle of January. Um, and then they start zeroing back in again. But, yeah, that, holiday hockey can be confounding, but off, usually lots of fun. We'll be buckled in, and again, the first <laughs> trip for the Silver Knights to Palm Desert to take on the Coachella Valley Firebirds. That'll be the back end of the home-and-home. -home. Tickets available for tomorrow night at hendersonsilvernights.com, and you can always catch all road games on AHL TV. Watch every game live and experience the thrills and excitement of AHL hockey, featuring cutting-edge technology, interactive features, and fan-friendly subscription prices. AHL TV is available on multiple devices, so you can watch where you want, when you want, the way you want. 
Visit AHLTV.com. And if you're not sure, if you're like, well, I don't know if this is for me, every game on the road and home for that matter is broadcast on AHLTV right here at Nighttime Hockey Bar at M Resort. So come here, have a burger, yeah. have a drink, try it out, and uh, enjoy the hospitality of our friends at M Resort. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll be joined by Gage Quinney, who can give us a little bit more context on this strong Silver Knights stretch and maybe even give us a little bit of insight onto uh, the next theme night coming up for the HSK in January, Thunder Night. He has an inside track on that. But that's all straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more... HSK Today. McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you. Silver Knights have been winning. They've been doing it a lot. And to help us break down why that is, is forward Gage Quinney, who hops on the line right now. Gage, great to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gage, right down to the most simple question we can ask. You guys are 5-1-1 one, and one over your last seven, starting to climb your way back up the Pacific Division standings. What uh, switch has been flipped in the last couple of weeks? Um, I think it's just all of us buying into the system and under, understanding the system, I guess, more and more. And then, I mean, when you have our goaltending that we've had the last seven games or the whole season, it's been, yeah, I think you're going to win a lot of games. Gage, Darren Elliott here. When you look look at systems change, because, you know, one of the things that they try to do at the AHL level is play the same style at the NHL level. So when you do get called up, there's less of a transition how much of a transition was there in terms of the, the different systems from one staff to another? Yeah, I think it was quite a big change, especially just more of like the little things in the D zone and stuff like that. And um, sometimes those take a little adjustment. And I think that just showed that the first 10 to 15 games we were still learning in it. And it looks like the last 15, everyone's starting to understand it. And we're starting to roll. When you talk about rolling, I know lots of times, did it feel like you were playing better than the results you were getting until you got into this stretch? Because lots of times you, your game gets there, but the results are, are slower to follow, but you have to have the patience um, to stay with it. Was, was that the case here? Yeah, definitely. I think there was a lot of games that we dominated most of it, and just we had a couple mistakes, and they just made us pay on those mistakes. But for the most of the game, we controlled it, and we're the better team, but uh, when you go through stretches like that, it just seems like every bad bounce just doesn't doesn't help you or anything. And um, I think lately we've just been getting the bounces and everything's going our way. We're with Gage Quinney. Gage, in that same line of thought, I think the Colorado weekend is where it really was evident. You guys are still playing a lot of one-goal hockey games in the third period. Again, not much has changed in that sense. You guys are just either getting the bounce or getting the answer. But it, it looks like you guys are a lot more comfortable in those settings, whereas in November it looked like maybe a, oh, here we go again when something went wrong. Now you guys just seem a lot more comfortable in your own skin in late in games like that. Yeah, um, I think that's just learning how to win. And, um, and I think with our goaltending the whole year, we're always – in the games no matter what our goals have been unbelievable for us every night and uh they always give us a chance to win so it's a boost of confidence every time we're on the road just knowing that they always have our back back there and um, make the big saves 
Gage, you have six power play goals already this season. Your best AHL season was seven, and you did that in twice as many games as you've played now, which is to say that, man up, you, you're having a heck of a year. But you're doing it multiple different ways. You're scoring from the tops of the circles. You're scoring from the net mouth. How are you finding different ways in different areas of the ice to, to take advantage? Um, I just think that's our, our power play this year. It's, um, anyone can be anywhere and play any position when we're in zone, so... Uh, we're not a stagnant group. You can move around. Everyone can play each spot. And I just think it's we're just bringing pucks to the net and just trying to break down the PK and just make plays from there. You know, Manny Vivros has mentioned a couple of times, again, talking about what you guys have done so well lately, and he keeps referring to staying above the puck. And to my memory, I really can't think of maybe – more than I, I can count the odd man rushes you guys have given up on one hand over the course of this five or six game run. Is it that easy for you guys if you commit to it to to reduce those odd man rushes against? Is it as simple as just making sure you're in your spots? So why have you guys been able to cut down on that so dramatically? It's just I think everyone finally buying into the system and um, realizing that um, we might not be the highest scoring team, so we better crack down in their D zone and limit chances. Um, and then, like I said, with our goaltending, they'll give us a chance every night. And it's just like the minor details we've been fixing up. So let's let's get into the personal. It's, it's the holiday season. you got games at home. We were just talking about how players get ready in a different mindset. You're at home. Um, are you ready for the holidays? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, I know we have two games left. And um, <laughs> definitely after that last one on the way home, I'll be excited for the holidays. Well, I'm, I'm sure that your, uh, your your wife is not listening to the show right now, so you're safe with us. But have you gotten all the shopping done? Yeah, I think I have most everything done. Probably a few more panic gifts I have to buy people, but that's about it. I don't have all of my shopping done. It makes me wonder, though, again, someone who's been involved in the game as long as you've been, I know when I was growing up, all of my gifts kind of revolved around skates one year, stick next year. What, what was the best Christmas gift that Gage Quinney ever got? Um, probably anything hockey, but I mean, getting an Xbox when you're younger was also yeah. awesome. <laughs> I got goalie pads for the first time. I, that's what still sticks out in my mind. So it was goalie, <laughs> goalie and hockey related for sure. My best was I, I was I was a very very dull kid or dim kid I should say not not very bright <laughs> and I was all of my gifts were collected inside of a, a hockey net like a legit hockey net yeah and I'm going through all the gifts and I'm not noticing the net and my parents are saying Brian <laughs> are you missing the big picture and I look up and there are candy canes dangling from the top shelf and I said oh candy canes <laughs> I'm a moron so Gage you're brighter than I am and I appreciate that and I'm glad that you're uh, up to date on all your shopping <laughs> another thing I want to ask you and this kind of is a call back to childhood too in, in a way of course is that mm. your father was a star for the Las Vegas Thunder and one of the teams that was such a great success in this town that brought NHL hockey to Vegas so you know that well uh, it is going to be Las Vegas Thunder night uh, in January. That's the next big theme night to come. Uh, and we'll have more preparation for that as time goes on. But I am curious uh, what your recollections are of, of the Thunder and, and that part of your childhood and uh, what that legacy means to you, not just uh, to hockey in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty exciting. I get to play in the same city that my dad um, basically finished his career in here, and so that's really cool. And then I just always remember the Thomas and Mac, and then I think my favorite part about the game was the mascot Boom Boom, I think his name was. 
That's a, a, a nod to how old you were when you went to those games right. for sure, right? We have to track him down. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, not too sure of the age, but yeah. <laughs> and then it's all I really remember. Well, part of the fun is that I'm starting to get ready for that night when it comes in the middle of January. We're not wearing cowboy stuff again, uh, are we? No, we're not okay, wearing cowboy good. stuff. We're, we're wearing thunder stuff, if, whatever, <laughs> whatever that is. It's going to be 90. We're going to have a start, starter jackets, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but I do wonder, Gage, you know, does your dad in town still, how often does he come across people that, that remember him from playing with the thunder, remember those days? Does he ever get uh, celebrity stopped in public? Um, I, I think so. I know when he visited Chicago when we were with the Wolves, people remembered him from when the Thunder would go play the Wolves there and stuff like that. So I still think it comes up occasionally. But well, we'll just we'll celebritize him all over again in the weeks to <laughs> yeah. come. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> absolutely. To Gage Quinney, and again, you guys have been doing a lot of winning lately. And I think what's impressive too is as you guys are trying to climb your way back up the Pacific. The teams that you've been able to rack up points against of late, Ontario, Colorado, on the road, you guys put up a really good fight against the Coachella Valley Firebirds to start this run. That's who you'll see this weekend. What has it meant for you guys that you've found your footing and done so against some of the best teams in the division? Yeah, like you said, it's against probably the top three teams in our division, so I think that just gives the locker room confidence that we know we're a good team and we play the right way and just got to keep playing that way, and then the wins will keep coming. Do you guys have, uh, in the spirit of Christmas, do you guys have like a secret Santa or anything like that going on in the locker room? No, not this year. We had like a team Christmas dinner the other night, so that was nice. Well, before we let you go, last last thing to think about, and I, I mentioned this to, to Darren asking about his playing days. <laughs> you guys have been playing so well. Having said that, at this time of year, Everybody needs a break, and I'm sure everyone's enthusiastically looking to a few days uh, during the Christmas holiday to, to get back to neutral again. Is there any kind of discussion or focus for you guys not to look past this weekend? To, you've got two more games to, to, to stay on task for the next 48 hours before you guys can put your feet up a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think we all know that these are two big games, definitely, and then you basically just lock it in for these two games, and then you get a couple days break, so I think everyone will make sure that they're ready for these next two, and then be able to take a little relaxing breath and just enjoy Christmas. Well, we'll be watching the final two before that break comes, and we appreciate you taking the time today, Gage, to uh, set it up for us. We'll see you this weekend. Yeah, Thanks, see you guys. Thank you. Yep. That is Gage Quinney of the Henderson Silver Knights, Las Vegas native. And, uh, you know, it's, it's he's another player that has had such a, a strong offensive start to this season, despite the fact that the team has not. He kind of helped get them out of the offensive doldrums. Right. And his power play work has been such a big part of it. Yeah, and uh, going back to, you know, I, I played against his dad. He was in Quebec City playing for when they had the Nordique. Yeah. And that's when I, re I remember when he played longer than I did because I went into the American League. When he went in, he stayed a lot longer. They ended up with the, was it the IHL for the yes. Wranglers? Yeah. And then the Thunder. For the Thunder, yeah. 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 So, you know, and he's, he's a legend here. He, he's still around the ring teaching kids. Do, do you remember playing against yeah, yeah. him? Like, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Was he one of the ones you got along with, or did you get poked in the pads a few times? No, I just remember the name. I don't know why Ken Quinn. It was kind of a, a I thought it was like a good a, hockey alliteration. name. Alliteration. Yeah, it was yeah. a Ken Quinney, good, good hockey name. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun opportunity over the next couple of weeks as we get ready for Thunder Night, uh, which I keep referencing without giving you the exact date, and that's shame on me. I 
You, you'd be surprised how many dates I have rattling around in my head, but I promise you this magic computer box in front of me, I will get that for you so that you can know. Matter of fact, do I have it? Do I have it? Oh, I'm getting close. January 14th. There we go. That's what I thought. So between now and January 14th, uh, especially for all the nostalgia fans in our audience, we will make sure to uh, reintroduce you to some of your favorite stars of the past and the game day experience. Again, the Thunder and the Wranglers, that was the, uh, the, the proof of concept, if you will, for hockey in Las Vegas that the NHL knew the Vegas Golden Knights would be a success. So we'll relive it. We'll have some fun. We'll try to track down Boom Boom because apparently that's going to make a that's going to make big inroads with the players. It seems, but uh, th that's going to be a lot of a lot of fun as we reach back for the nostalgia factor. One more thing to mention, though, and I think on, on Gage's front, um, and you've mentioned this on TV broadcasts already this season, Darren. But not only is he playing well and playing up good numbers, but what a, a relief, but also a pleasure for him and for the organization that he's healthy again because it's so easy to forget that for the last two seasons he's been battling through multiple things and you just see what impact he has when he's feeling healthy and when you can rely as a coaching staff he's going to be there every night. Because he'll be there every night. Yes. He's that kind of player. And, and yeah, it, it really is you know, like the base of your veteran uh, part of your team. And, and he's he's the leader of that, and he's local. And the, 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 there's there's something about having Gage on this team uh, to me uh, that's special. And when he's out there, he, he's he's such a good, honest hockey player. Um, I, it, you miss him when he. It, it's obvious when he's not in the lineup to me. And so far, so good for Gage yeah. Quinney, and he's helping to drive the bus offensively as the Silver Knights finding their footing in the latter stages of December. Silver Knights fans, single-game luxury suite packages and group ticketing options are available now for all home games at the Dollar Loan Center. Herald the Town, Crier, Lucky, and the rest of the HSK can't wait to see you there. Visit HendersonSilverKnights.com for more information, HendersonSilverKnights.com. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to have General Manager Tim Speltz for the final segment of HSK today. And if you are within the sound of our voices, come hang out. We're at Nighttime Hockey Bar at M Resort. And we have some signed items with us that if we don't uh, give them away to anybody, we're going to make Darren take them home. And he has, <laughs> he has his own trophies here. I don't think his wife is going to let him take any more. So let's make sure we hand these out to people like you at Nighttime Hockey Bar. We'll step out. Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you on 1230 of the game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. On this young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept him. Brian McCormick. Back on HSK today, Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you, getting ready for the Silver Knights and Coachella Valley Firebirds each of the next two days, tomorrow at the DLC, and then Friday the Golden Knight, uh, the Silver Knights making their first ever visit to Acrisure Arena in Palm Desert and to continue helping us with our preparation. And really for a, a great time, I think, for a mid-season check-in, we're joined by Silver Knights general manager Tim Speltz. Tim, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Pleasure to be here. And Tim, right off the top, you guys have been winning and winning frequently of late, 5-1-1. One, one. What do you think has been the uh, the key to the turnaround for you guys of late? Well, I think there's a few things, but I, I think we, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, goaltending first. I mean, I, I our goaltending has been outstanding, and, and I think it's really helped us where maybe earlier in the year we, uh, we didn't get that big save. Now we've been getting it in speed. And uh, it's been a huge, uh, huge difference for us. I think the confidence it's given our players, uh, I think uh, our D especially, 
Uh, and I think with that, they've taken a step or D, and, and uh, I think our our offense has found a way, you know, to get to get that that goal you need in the third period. We've been, as you know, tied uh, going into the third in so many games, and now you need to save probably in the third. And you've got to score a goal in the third, and uh, we're getting that combination right now. Tim, what's interesting is absolutely the goaltending has been noteworthy, and that's why Laurent Brassois is the AHL's Player of the Week uh, out of last week. But at the same time. There haven't been games really that you've walked out of there and saying like, wow, they stole one tonight. You guys have been playing great hockey and getting situational goaltending. Very, very solid, but like you said, getting the save when you need it. That would speak to the fact that systematically for the entire season, you guys have been doing a lot of the right things without getting the results that perhaps uh, you guys deserved. Was it a hard message during those challenging times to tell the guys to to stick with it and eventually things are going to work out the way they're supposed to? Well, I think it's it's a challenge for the coaches always when you're when you're not successful, just because the psyche of the player uh, is definitely affected, and and you end up being a a product sometimes of yourself. And I've heard our players say it in interviews, and I agree with it. Where if you get this, you know, and when things aren't going well, you get that "here we go again" mentality that doesn't do anything to to help uh, to help you be successful. So. Uh, I think the stick-to-itiveness that we've shown, I think the uh, the coach's message has been consistent and our players have believed it. And to that point, we've also got a real good group of guys who've got a good, uh, you know, I think our locker room is good. I think we've got a good culture. Uh, and I think that gives you a chance as well. Hey, Tim, Darren Elliott here. A, a question that, that always uh, is on my mind watching at this level and seeing guys go up and have success at the NHL level. As the GM, how do you evaluate when a team isn't winning at the AHL level, development versus the need to win? Well, I mean, I, I think we want to do both. Obviously, we, we do strongly believe that, that winning is a part of development. Yeah. But it's not the first part. I, I think we, we, as an organization, the message is very clear. Our prospects and our young guys are, are with the Silver Knights for a reason. They're there to develop. And they're going to develop through opportunity. And we believe if we do things right on the development side, the winning is going to come. And that's, you know, that's, I think, very important, uh, a very important step. But, but I, we want to make sure that these players are, are getting the opportunity, taking the right steps. Uh, they've got an opportunity to be successful, but sometimes you need an opportunity to fail and learn from that as well. So uh, I, think, uh, I think that's exactly it, that, that there's those two components, but the development is, is, uh, is step one for us. Okay, on a personal note, at, at, at your level, how rewarding is it or, or satisfying, whatever word you want to use, when you see like a Braden Pahal go up and ha- have taken steps, steps in the NHL and accounts for himself so well? Um, it has to make you feel good. Well, it makes me feel really well. And, I mean, <laughs> to that point, the coaches even more so. I mean, they, they're yeah. like uh, proud parents when those guys <laughs> go up and, and they do well. And, and, uh, and the other part that I think is, is very important is how they handle it coming back. Because yep. they were there, they had some success there, and now they're, they're you know, are they better players when they come back? And I think that's been consistent as well. Uh, and it just shows you that when they do get their chance, uh, they're going to be ready. Uh, they're here for more seasoning, and then when they go up for good, they're going to be up for good. Talk to General Manager Tim Speltz, Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you on HSK Today. 
tend to turn to a couple of other individuals. Again, Braden Paul's had a chance to go up, and when players go up, like Daniil Miramanov, that leaves roles behind that other players can fill. Lucas Cormier is so highly thought of coming into this season, and we forget how young he is that he could still be playing junior right now if that was the course that the organization wanted to take. But he's been showing more and more offensive production at the overtime winner in Colorado. He looks like he's really settling in. How do you see his development for a player that young that's getting the kind of minutes that he's getting? Well, I think the first thing about Lucas is he, you know, he dominated the level he was at. He was the QMJHL Defenseman of the Year back-to-back seasons. That tells you, you know, what he was doing there. Uh, he was an accomplished player there, and, and uh, he came here and, and quickly showed that he was ready to take that step. And, and uh, you know, for me, he's one of those players that, that just gets it. Uh, you know what he is. He shows you what he is all the time. He's a player that's got a, a lot of attention uh, from opposing teams, and I think that's going to be his next, next adjustment is how he handles that, which to me he's doing a, a good job on. Uh, but for me, he's a guy that when you talk about you know, he's got the skill, he, he's got the ability, but he's also got that get-it factor where you just look and he just kid figures it out and figures it out quick. Sheldon Rempel, his first year with the HSK, one of the uh, the veteran NHL contract guys you brought in during the summer. I believe, I think he's still second in the league in shots on goal. So not only has he been productive, but there's just been so much volume towards the net coming from Sheldon Rempel. How has he been, uh, not just production-wise, but what you were hoping to get when you brought him into the picture versus what he's performing at as a Silver Knight? How have those two aligned? Well, our pro scouts did a great job identifying Sheldon for us and what we need. And I, I think we've got a few young players like him that can use him as a role model, uh, how hard he competes, how involved he is in every single game. And then, as to your point, I mean, he's shooting the puck. He's always generating and creating offense, which is important. And you don't always score, but he's always in the right end. He's always getting chances. And, and for me, he's been uh, he's been great on and off the ice for our team. You talk about another youngster, Brendan Brisson, misses some time, comes back, looks more comfortable, looks more engaged. The, the game last weekend, I hadn't seen him play in a while since the beginning of the season. I, I was really impressed with how m- much more engaged along the wall winning battles he was. Is that part of his game that's been, been emphasized by the coaching staff to, to work on? It, it has, Darren, and at the same time, he he was playing through some pain and some discomfort. Right, that's right. Uh, trying to play through the injury before, and, and I think that was a little unsettling for him probably, and it was a reason why you know, it was a little tougher to maybe be involved in the beach. Uh, and, but I'm glad to see now that... You know, he's had the, the issue corrected that, that he's back and competing at the yeah. level that, that you're noticing. Tim, and we're talking with Tim Speltz, the general manager of the Silver Knights. Daniil Miramanov goes up at the start of the month to the VGK and, and could be there for quite some time, if not permanently. You lose Zachary Mananen, who right now is in that, that week-to-week category injury-wise. I mean, this is a window of time where things could have been more challenging for you guys results-wise, and you've turned it into a 5-1-1 stretch. Last year, we, we were very impressed with uh, what you guys were able to do in terms of PTOs, and Colt Conrad was a great example of that. So far this year, it, it's more reliance on the depth in the ECHL with the Savannah Ghost Pirates. How have those players been able to transition into the AHL lineup and play uh, considerable roles, and, and how does that attest to, to how things are working with the new Savannah partnership? 
Well, we, we you know, you, you expect that the developmental uh, model is going to work, but you don't know for sure. But I, I think, you know, looking at the players that are here now, whether it's Factor Gay, Daniel Desmato, uh, you know, uh, Peter Delevatore's back. I mean, those guys now have, have all, to me, honed their game uh, at the ECHL level. Rick Bennett, our head coach there, has done a really good job in Savannah with these guys. They've got good opportunities. Uh, the offensive forwards, they've put up good numbers there. They're gaining confidence. Uh, back to the point we made about Cormier, they're, they're dominating at that level. They're, they're impactful players every night at that level. They don't have the same impact here necessarily, but they're, they're getting a good look. They're getting a, you know, an idea what this is all about. I think they're going to be very good on the short term and when we get healthy. They'll probably go back to Savannah for a period of time, I expect. And then when they come back, they'll be more ready when they get back here again. But I, I think it, it shows that the system works. Like our injuries, and, and you mentioned a couple, our injuries you know, with, with Manon, and that's our injury. But one thing we know with BGK, when they get an injury, we're going to lose our best player, whether it's our forward or, or a D-man. And, you know, we've got Ronberg up right now. We've got Miramanov up right now. And, and you hope the best for them. And, and uh, if... if you know, if we don't see them again, it's because they've done a great job at this level and they're ready. Uh, if we do, then they'll be back, and then you know that'll that'll cause, you know, I, I think the succession plan where somebody's going to move move from there. But these young guys have come in to help us. And to your to your question and to your point, they've come in, they've contributed, they've helped, uh, and that's been been really important for us. And it just shows us uh, that it's working, and and uh, we want to get players so that they dominate at one level before they get to the next level. Another player, Tim, I want to ask about, uh, Jake Bischoff, another guy that was coming yeah. out of injury, um, suffered a little bit of a setback this season again. He seems to be get, hitting his stride a little bit more. Do you, what do you see from Jake right now? Well, and I think uh, I a great point there, Darren. I mean, when you look at, at our success and when our team started playing better, it's probably not a coincidence. It was around the same time Jake, uh, Jake came back from injury. So, I mean, uh, I got to know Jake as a person last year. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, he's a real leader. He's, he's just a no-maintenance pro. He just handles himself well every day. This year now as a player, he got off to a good start and he had a, you know, an injury. Uh, you know, fought through that and made it, made it back in, in the minimal time. And, and he's been a real steady guy for us and a guy that we can count on and a guy that helped the young guys. And, and for me, uh, he's, a, he's a part of the solution. There's no question. Tim, we appreciate all the insights. We've got time for one more question. I have to ask it because you're a father and uh, we always turn to you for sage wisdom. For the members of our audience in their cars racing to the mall right now because they've left their Christmas shopping to the last minute, what is the best gift to get? for the Silver Knights hockey fan? Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of gift cards and cash. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, both, they're both simple, and, and then uh, you can direct them where what you'd like them to get. So I, will, I would tell them, hey, here's, here's a gift card. Get the best, uh, get the best HSC or BCK apparel you want. There you go. The gifts that are one size fits all. <laughs> Tim Speltz, general manager of the Silver Knights, we appreciate Thanks, your time, Tim. and Merry Christmas. Thanks, guys. That is general manager Tim Speltz. Uh, a lot to be happy about for the H- uh, HSK right now as they head into their final two games. Darren, what is uh, what is your what are your Christmas plans as we have a minute left here? Uh, our daughters uh, coming in, one from New York City and one from Chicago, both coming in uh, around midnight tonight. So uh, 
We'll have uh, the girls in town, Meredith, uh, so we're looking forward to having them. They're, and they're staying through New Year's. So uh, nice extended stay because nowadays, more and more, you can work remotely. That's very true. <laughs> and you have all that shopping done. There, you well, I, I had a lot of help. Yeah. I, I did, I, the portions that I was responsible for, yes, I did, I've done my part. Meredith took care of a lot, most, almost well, all. Glad to hear that squared <laughs> away. Of course, the Silver Knights with two games left tomorrow night at the DLC. 7 o'clock puck drop against the Coachella Valley Firebirds and the night after in Coachella Valley as well. BGK tonight against Arizona, Friday against St. Louis. So plenty of uh, hockey to watch as you steer into the final weekend before Christmas. Darren, thanks for hopping on today. Oh, Appreciate anytime. it. Thank you. My pleasure, Brian. We'll have to do this again. Also, a thanks to Gage Quinney and to Tim Speltz for joining the program. Silver Knights drop the puck 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Pre-game with Justin Russo beginning at 6.30. Join us here on 12.30 of the game. Also, a thanks to Nighttime Hockey Bar and our friends at M Resort for the hospitality this afternoon. Watch all Silver Knights road games right here at Nighttime Hockey Bar at M Resort. I'm Brian McCormick. He's Darren Elliott. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on HSK Today.